Let's see, page 30, chapter three, more about alcoholism. <clears throat> Let me know when you're there, Paul. I'm there. All right. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. This persistence, the persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people or presently may be has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us have felt at times we were regaining control, but such interval, inter, intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible, incomprehensible demoralization. We are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. We are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every imaginable remedy. In some instances, there have been brief there has been brief recovery, all, always by still worse, a still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. Not yet. All right, that's it. Pass it over to you. All right, thank you. So... Oh. oh, wow! Sounds like voices from hell. There, that was cool. <laughs> John, can you mute people? John, to just mute. Yeah, thanks. Okay. A few lost souls. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, what? See, when I read this, which I'm going to do again a little bit. I'm just going to point out how what it triggers to me in me now. Yeah. So first, well, hello everybody. I'm happy to be here. And um, yeah. So most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. Now, I believe the way I read this is that which has taken us over does does not want to admit the alcoholism. Yeah. We being in the act of being identified as that, what it says its feelings are, we take it to be our feelings. This to me is the being taken over by the parasite. This is how this is what triggers when I read it. So no person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. I think most of us, that's what we were trying to do. 
I didn't want to be like my fellows. I mean, I wanted to be special and unique, seriously. So I'm not a, I, I don't agree with that one. It's not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. Example of powerlessness, yes? The idea that somehow, someday, we will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. I think that's a disease talking to us. Yeah. So when the disease is confronted with evidence of its failure, it just says it's going to try to manage better. Yeah. And there we are just taking what it says to be what we say and what it feels like we feel. So the idea that somehow, someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. I think it's the great obsession of what has taken us over, really. Yeah, I don't think it's my obsession. I do not. It sure doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if I'm obsessing over money, it feels like I'm obsessing over money. This obsession doesn't feel like mine. Uh, and I've seen it shared around. So it'd be difficult to say it's mine without including the us. Uh, the idea that the, the, the persistence of this illusion is astonishing. I think to the host, because the parasite's stubbornness is incredibly astonishing to the host. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in the confusion of who or what we are. So we're wondering why there's something in us that refuses to see the failure of our, of our, our own lives. Yeah. And that's why we need that. Yeah. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. I do not believe we're producing that illusion. I'm, I believe we're under that illusion. I believe the, the parasite of alcoholism produces that illusion. I do. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. It's funny, my cat just waited for the talk to start. Now she wants to come in. She's got a very interesting uh, yeah, agenda. We learned that. <laughs> hold on. Hold on a second. Come on. And then she didn't come in. Aha! It's her. Definitely. So let me go back to this. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves. There it is. See, this was a very important statement because the idea of admitting that I was an alcoholic had been used many times to get a drink and shit. Yeah. So it wasn't the admitting I was an alcoholic. There was a conceding in the innermost self. That's really what I feel intimate with. So something in me, not of the disease, these conceded finally the situation. Uh, let's see. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. Because if you keep talking to alcoholism that it's an alcoholic, yeah. So what? Doesn't work. Uh, the delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. We don't do that. Just come to meetings, yeah? If you're new, go to meetings and listen to what people say about what it is like and what it was like for them. 
you're going to find a, a, a common, uh, a commonality that's going to pierce through that unique little uh, orbit something's in. All right. We alcoholics. All right. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. Wow. So no real al alcoholic never recovers control even after you get sober. No, you don't recover control. Yeah, obviously, most people know. But AA isn't about you re recovering control over your drinking. <laughs> and if it was, you're past that point if you're a real addict or a real alcoholic. Yeah. There's no recovery of it. You never had it anyway to begin with. Uh, we all we all of us felt at times that we were regaining control. Don't you see that almost when you listen to the descriptions in the book, you have to bypass the habitual listener. You know, you've got to I hope the innermost is hearing this stuff just where you conceded to in the innermost. I do not believe the, the narrative in the head is the innermost. I would say it's the outermost. Yeah, I do. And so when I read anything of the book, I always read it from the view that the recognizing what defeated me as foreign to me. I have that theme all the time. I don't practice it. It's just there. So when I read this, it makes total sense. If the alcoholism was representing me, it's going to fight fight against anything that's going to affect its domination over me. Yeah, and it's going to, to the host. It's going to be incredibly baffling and cannot understand it. Why? 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 But I humbly believe if you see it as something that has taken you over, it makes complete sense. All this stuff, and it said here too, uh, the disease which is pretty good. I think, where was it? It talks about how the disease is imposing itself on us. Yes. How does it impose, impose itself on you? It talks to you as you. The problem resides in the mind. It is not in the liver or the kidney. Yeah, it may destroy the liver and the kidney. It's not in it. It's in the head. Yeah. Something is talking to us as us, telling us that we we hate AA. Isn't it an amazing thing that the thing you need most maybe in your life, AA, something in you hates it. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Just right where the solution may be administered, you have the most hate for and even though, and then every time you leave, life usually brings you back to the only place you can go, which is AA. And now you believe you hate AA, and yet you have to keep going back. It's not you that hates AA. It's the problem that does not want to meet a solution. It does not want you to meet a solution. It doesn't. That's why many of us, like... You found yourself in an AA meeting. I mean, there was probably a lot of resistance to that moment. Yeah. I mean, the disease doesn't want to go to the clinic. It just doesn't want to do it. 
Yeah. And it just keeps delusion upon delusion to keep the host out to lunch. Yeah. I saw plenty of it. We were at a rehab this week and uh, the great joy of, ha you know, having it by giving it away and just sitting in the loving presence that that power demonstrates throughout group conscience when we get together. Um, you know, I came upon this idea or it came through me once just to, so I could get something across when I was speaking at a meeting. It was early on in a, I went to a new meeting in Petaluma, California, north of here. And while I was speaking to come, you know, comrades in our little situation, of course you're at something wants to communicate. And then the word, I used the word para or parasite or parasitical movement. And pretty much, Ever since then, it's that's that definition that I had then ca really captures what I feel is what goes on. Yeah. Yeah. That something has taken us over. And another and after all these like 28 years after seeing that clearly, it hasn't changed. Yeah. The diagnosis where I am hasn't changed. I believe what we like. What we rely on is the head, and the head is in the act of being identified as self. Yeah. And where does that lead for some of us who have alcoholism? Self has defeated us. How has it done it? Through its manifestations. What are some of the common ones? Resentment, fear, harm's done to others in the pursuit of what you want. Yeah. There you go. You want the instructions, how to look at. What has defeated you? Page 64. And then it goes into the four-column inventory. Yeah? And you get to the point that the inventory has a theme, and the theme is, how has how has self defeated me? How did self defeat me? And is how self is defeating me now? Yeah? So that we can recognize what has defeated us instead of constantly in, be in the habit of calling it us. That's all. Yeah? Yeah. So if you just constantly listen to something that said you were Steve, it would probably override the feeling of being Paul after a while. Yeah. So the head is constantly talking to us as its description of its of what it would be like if it was you. And then we're living that out as if it was us. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you want relief from it, but we get handcuffed by the identification, so we try to get relief as it, which furthers the bondage. Yeah? And every solution that we go in that act of being bound gets infected by the problem. Even That's why AA is an incredibly sound program, but people are in it. And people are the host for this parasite. We had a joke at this meeting uh, this recovery talk we had about the yearly convention of the parasites and how they're thriving and they're getting free trips to Hawaii and they've had the same family for 80 years and they're talking on, you know, their main speaker is talking how they brought their his family's son to this fifth rehab and another overdose on fentanyl and everyone's clapping. <laughs> 
Some have had the same family for a hundred years and shit going on and on. And they're just going great. They're going balls to the wall. Their success rate is super high. <laughs> the parasites seem to be winning. <laughs> I swear. I mean, what's the success rate? Not good. Their success rate must be great. <laughs> Obviously, if the hosts aren't doing well, the parasites must be having banner years every year. <laughs> Going to banquets and shit like that. It's insane. So this is what this is the platform. This is what I have to offer. And we're just gonna keep repeating it. Because <laughs> I truly don't I truly believe if you don't see it, you're looking from it. Yeah. I do. I think there's two options. You can see it or you can be looking from it. Yeah. Yeah. They are knowledge of self, self-knowledge. Seeing it is knowledge of self. Looking from it is self-knowledge. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. The parasite takes the role of the host and thrives and lives off the host as the parasite. Yeah. They're doing some crazy shit now. There's some people that are taking something that this is what, if you sit there and you go, I really want to get high and I don't mind having the shit eat my flesh. It's insane. Can you imagine if, if there was just an objective situation, okay, I'd like to get high and you're willing to pay some flesh eating shit. What that's, you cannot say People are arriving there on their own. Something has us, man. Something has us where you're walking like a zombie in outside of Philadelphia and your skin is getting just eating. Something's eating your skin. I don't think they're having a happy day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. So if the identification continues, it's going to continue the way it goes. What? You think the parasite's going to change its nature? I don't think so. You know, it's like the snake, no matter how nice you are to the snake, it's probably going to bite you sooner or later because its nature is a snake. It's a snake. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have a 50-50 deal with the parasite. I know. <laughs> I, can't, I think it's going to be 10-90 maybe at, at best. So, yeah, that's my take. And everything I ever read now from Alcoholics Anonymous, I see it through that lens. Yeah, I do. When they say we manufactured our own misery, I don't believe that. I believe we, this event called us, can manufacture products. Yeah, and the product we're going to manufacture is going to be based on who's running the factory. So if the parasite's running the factory, one of its favorite products is misery. Yeah. One of its favorite products is grievance and resentment and constant anxiety about not getting what it wants or losing what it has. It demonstrates them in all alcoholics and all the addicts. Yeah. The same traits. The parasite, I'm using it only as an image. There's no parasites, more of a parasitical movement has finite traits and everyone who suffers under them demonstrates those finite traits. Okay. 
So this is how I read the whole thing now. I do not believe alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. I believe alcoholism is cunning, baffling, and powerful. I do not believe you, you are the problem. I believe there's an identification as the problem. Uh, I don't think you hate yourself. I do never, no way. I think something hates you, definitely. I do not believe you're your own worst enemy. I think something else is in your is your own worst enemy. And this sense of foreignness gave me the ability, just not, there's no ability. We have the ability to be free. What handcuffs us is we're trying to be free as something, yeah, that has its own idea of freedom, which turns us into being bound, yeah? But when you're free from self, that's to me is the freedom, not free as self, yeah? And... If my head changes, you'll be the first to know. It's, it hasn't changed in years. So, but if I have a, if I have a revelation, it's truly me that did it all. I'll probably enter a hopeless mind, a state of mind and body. <laughs> it hasn't occurred yet. So, yeah, you want to open it up, and we can go over. Anything or share or whatever. Oh yeah, let's open it up. Uh, anybody have any uh, comments or questions? Story to tell, analogy. Short stories, please. Short story, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. Who's who's here? Like uh, Paul. Oh, there we go. Gary, Thanks, it's me, Kathleen. I Kathleen. just wanted to. Say, uh, I just really love. The uh, so you know the parasite description of alcoholism is something that I think is just cl very clearly explains alcoholism to me. And I was wondering if you could tell the story of the uh, cordyceps mushroom today. More than happy to, honey. That was a, you. you know there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of parasites in nature, yeah. Those parasites you can think, maybe with your eyes or with a microscope. What we're talking about is a parasitical movement. You see its effects, but you can't x-ray it, can't see it. So one of the first stories I got introduced to about the amazing attributes of parasites, literally, and what they can do to the host is uh, one species of mushrooms called cordyceps, they discovered that, and every everything usually has one really imperative, which is to reproduce. Yeah, so the mushrooms have that imperative, and what the vehicle for that to occur is pretty flimsy. There's a spores underneath their little umbrella, and they got to hope an animal hits it or the wind's right or something, and their chance of success is very very dependent on outside conditions. So something happened and they just refined that imperative. And now they basically, there's a direction the spore has and it lands on something, an ant for this one species. When it lands on the ant, it burrows into the ant and somehow they jack, in, in, they jack into the ant's brain and they tell the ant where the mushroom wants to go. 
And then the ant is truly a form of transportation. And when the ant has done its job, the mushroom kills it. And then the mushroom usually grows out of the head yeah, of the ant. Yeah. Now, when the ant was taken over, I bet you it didn't have a self-centered story that it drove underneath that fucking dark, fucking wet little moldy area, which is, that's why the takeover and to get to the uh, point must happen quickly. But we have it for 30 or 40 years because there's a mental narrative that goes over with the takeover that you're you're seen as the one that's doing all the driving in your life. <laughs> Even though you end up at the same three parking spaces, institution jails of death with millions of others, you all along the way, you think you did it. Yeah. <laughs> so the parasite doesn't even have to, he can just drive you around town for 30 years, 30 years <laughs> in this in this level, yeah, <laughs> because it doesn't want to use the, the the host to get somewhere. It wants to use the host to live in, yeah, this one, yeah, or live as. That's why, don't you think it's weird, the familiarity that all of us have as real addicts and alcoholics? I mean, we don't look that much different. I mean, our basic presentation isn't the same, isn't? but it is very alike. And when you meet one alcoholic, you basically met every alcoholic because they, every alcoholic does the same fucking thing. Same thing with addicts, yeah? Don't you see? That's not just a rare phenomenon. That's an effect of something. And the effect, we're, the something that we're saying that is effect of is being defeated by one's possibility let's say a parasitical uh, mental system, yes? That's an effect. Does us having all the same thoughts and the same feelings and doing the same things, even though we have extremely different upbringings and everything else, it overrides all that, is an effect that should hopefully point to the cause of it. What but, what but a parasitical movement could do it? In other words, do you want to judge? Do you want to judge every alcoholic individually, or see what the alcoholism is? Yeah, because you're not dealing with the individual "quote unquote" alcohol. You're dealing with alcoholism, talking through a person. But it sounds so like every time it talks to any other person. Yeah, and thank God it has only finite traits, and we've it always overplays its hand so finally it got fucking revealed you can see it and the beautiful thing was this idea of no human power is going to do it yes no human power is going to relieve you of this thing wow that's that was the big breakthrough wasn't it they were trying to use their power or the church's power or this power or that power or willingness and it wasn't working. And one of the big breakthroughs was the admittance that no human power was going to do it. Yeah. Wow. 
all this thing lends to, to me the idea of something took me over and all these conditions that I feel and I've somewhat observed, I am not the cause of. I am the I am the I am the, the that which is being I am being used, yes, to express that shit. I am not the expressor of that shit. I'm not causing it. Yeah. In other words, I'm used to express, I'm being used to express something that I'm not the cause of. And wouldn't it be help if it's so hostile for us? I think it behooves us to check out what the hell's going on. Because the idea of I'm just going to get better hasn't fucking really worked, has it? It's worked miraculously, but on a huge scale, it hasn't worked. Because the parasite is living out in the open, camouflaged by its own host, which is mind-boggling. Isn't it that weird that sometimes you're the last one to know that you're an alcoholic? Don't you see? This is insane. Most people aren't going to know you have cancer before you know you have fucking cancer. Are they? No. They're not worried. They're not getting you diagnosed every day. You get diagnosed and then you have cancer. Then you tell people. But in this case, most people tell the alcoholic that they're an alcoholic. What's fucking going on? See, to me, all of these conditions that we had lived under made they pointed to something and and that something gave sense to everything else. So I didn't feel like I'm dumbfounded or I am amazed or I can't believe I'm confused how it happens. I'm not confused how it happens anymore. I'm not amazed that it ha happens. Yeah. Because I didn't see us as the cause. I feel something else is the cause through us. And this has made sense to me. The other stuff wasn't making sense. When people told me I did a lot of shit that I was driven to do, and there's no freaking way in hell I would have come up with that shit to do. I wouldn't. Yeah. And then we used it the other day, and we've been using it. You know, you're riding your, it could be a $100 bike. It could just $50 bike. And you're starting to go into the ditch. What do you try to save? The bike. You roll down the fucking cliff. Yeah. <laughs> what would see when I see that, when I see that, when I come out of Starbucks, I'm willing to break my leg not to drop the coffee. I see a value system and I'm not up near the top. Yes. At that moment, the coffee was valued more than I was by what's ever running it. Now, I am not confused about that because I see it. There's a foreign something going on and I'm not very high on its value scale. Yeah. It really doesn't give a shit about me. It's stuck with me, but it doesn't give a shit about me. Yeah. I saw it all the time surfing. You go into the rocks, you try to save the $400 board. Immediately. Just... It's just insane. I just heard it. The this lady who's super rich, she doesn't want to spend something on her. Whatever. It's just all time. I've seen so many examples, 
and it 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 it's a pointer to me. It points that something other than us it, are running us. And as we talk about here, you're driven. You know, self-imposed crises. You make decisions based on self. Self will any life run on it is going to hardly be a success. It did not say your will. It did not say God's will. It said self's will. Yeah, self has no will. Other. It can't express its will unless it takes over something, which is us. Yes. Yeah. So everything points out points to this now. Where before nothing, nothing ever led to this. Now everything is seen from this idea. Yeah. But the shit I was hearing wasn't leading to this idea. It was just through observation. How does how do million of people end up in the same three parking spaces, institution, jails, and death? How? They must be driven by the same freaking thing. Yeah. And it's not us. I don't I think it's just basic. It's sort of like, yeah, you put your underwear first and then the pants. It's not like it has to be followed by tons of wives and let's discuss this. It's just fucking you put your underwear and then you put your pants on. Then you go. Yeah. It's sort of like that basic. If and I humbly believe, and it's been told to me over and over again by whatever downloads here, which is if you don't see this, you're gonna continually look from it. Yeah, I'm tired to, of looking at life through the eyes of the parasite. I'm tired of getting my news from the parasite. I'm tired of seeing everything either or, yes or no, this or that, yes? It was just bondage. I mean, you have, you're like a marathon runner stuck in a closet. No. First start with the freedom from that which has defeated you, and then maybe you'll be open and available to other freedoms, yes? If not, you're going to just like... You're going to try to be free as self. You, that's going to limit what you can. Uh, you're not going to get that much freedom. Not as self. Yeah. So, yeah. Great reading, Kerry. And this is what we share. If this understanding starts hitting, you'll read the book in a different way. The same book. And different parts of it will get be emphasized than others. And hopefully it will lead to you traveling lighter in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. I have faith it will. I don't follow anybody. I don't care where you're going or shit like that. Somebody just talked to me. I don't even think I asked, said he had gotten bad medical news. I don't think I even asked what the news was. I just talked about reacting to bad news. I didn't even go to the definition, you know, the specifics, because I don't think a lot of solutions are in the specifics. Yeah, I don't. So let's go to the real thing, which is you're freaking upset because your sense of control has been shook. Yeah. And you want to control and you want to have an answer now about what your future condition is going to be. Shit like that. Yeah, I find great value in that. So some people start talking to me. I don't give, I don't care. People, oh, did you hear someone was divorced? I didn't care if they were married. I really didn't. Yeah. So I don't care if they're divorced. 
I got other fish to fry. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Hey, I have, I'm so happy to see Terry. Nice to see Terry from Maine. Yeah. She's grown more beautiful and, and hopefully more wise. <laughs> all right. Terry, I'm uh, all right, all right. Terry, I think that was a lead in. Are you there? Who? Terry. Oh, Oliver has his hand no, up. No, but, Terry. You, Oliver has his hand up. Thank you, Nina. Oliver. Oh, hell, oh, hell. Thank you, Nina. Oh. I want to turn on the light. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the meeting. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Paul. Um, you know, uh, sometimes when I when I say or think uh, recovery, I mean like a process of recovery. And sometimes when I refer to it, I mean you know the way of life. It's the same word, but sometimes I use it in quite different way. Because I think in the beginning, the most important was just to try to incorporate the, that way of life in order to gain some habit, the suggested way of life, the, you know, what doing what AA suggests, right? And then kind of the process of recovery starts to occur. And you often say, you know, trust that process, just trust that process. And uh, your experience is later you know i mean the way of life seems to support that process right but it seems that after a while that process of recovery that that just starts you know working and bringing all these effects that you don't know how did they came that those changes you uh, they just happened and then you turn around and see okay this happened sometime and i and i'm grateful for it but i didn't do it you know and this process does in, in your opinion i mean i suppose it didn't uh took you away from the you know suggested way of life that is aa but it was maybe you know something that supported it back how should I say, right? So is, you know, the process of recovery and all that it brought to you and, you know, for you, it's been like 36 years or something, right? Was it um, something that kind of uh, eventually brought you, you know, back to, you know, kind of even more respect the way, AA way of life and suggested things, right? Because I'm asking because, you know, currently I'm having just, some challenges just regarding service and you know here where I am people are just constantly dropping off the service and I'm like the guy that patches it all and just fills in and stuff and then I get tapped on the shoulder and it's like it's challenging in its own way because I feel a little bit I don't know weird about it and you know why people not <laughs> slightly more enthusiastic about you know everything that's been suggested right yeah. i mean i never consider myself to be an enthusiastic about 
anything in life, even, you know, suggested stuff in AA, but found myself to be, you know, a feeling for quite a few stuff. And I just want to, you know, your experience, you know, this process that you learned to trust, did it, you know, kind of um, support back that, that way of life that was suggested? How should I say? Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. So what was suggested and taken uh, just with a, you know, with a sense of hope because you didn't have faith it was going to work because you were still pretty much under the faith of self. Uh, but see, those things produce the goods. So, yes. But remember, in the book, very clearly, it says we are recovered. So we are recovered from what? We're recovered from the insanity that precedes the first drink. So we're now not drinking and then recovery. There's also the recovery of all that which was seemingly lost or went underground or got displaced or got unattended to or became uh, unsuspected other aspects. Yes. Through all that shit, you recovered from the basic trigger that would keep that storm going and now you're in this in the life of recovery, and recovery is um, to me it means a lot of different things. Some things is recovery is you things that you thought you lost or never had appear, and so you seem to recover. Let's say the ability to enjoy peace of mind. You seem to recover all these things, and so recovery is a broad. Uh, guys i'm edging a broad uh a broad spectrum and, and yes the recovery uh puts great uh great conviction in the suggestions yes and the principles yeah so you can have faith in the north star and then you can have conviction in the north star after you've been following it for 30 years and you know you've been directed quite well. Yeah. So there's faith and then there's conviction. And so I think the faith of recovery gets uh gets even reinforced by the conviction, the conviction in it through what the effects have been. Yes? Yeah. So that's how I see it. And you know, again, basically, uh There's that very important thing, principles before personalities. So I'm not living like the personalities are living. I'm living by the principles, yeah? And if other people aren't living by the principles the way I think they should, that's a, that's a sense of personality in front of the principles in my, my own life, yeah? So basically, yeah, I don't... Uh, I think you're wise to see the value of service. And that doesn't mean everyone should be wise and see the value of service. It just doesn't go that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, but recovered is stated quite emphatically. We are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah. And then there's recovery of all that was seemingly lost and all the shit that now can be found because you're not, enslaved to that fucking uh, uh, 
tyrannical master. So, yeah. You're in recovery, but it's great to be in recovery if you're recovered. <laughs> I think that opens a lot of what's going to be recovered from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, I haven't drank since I got sober. Other people have. It's, it's, it's the only, there's only two ways, you know, there's people who haven't drank and there's people who have drank and come back. <laughs> That's basically it. It, I could have not, I didn't more not drink. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did the most not drinking than anyone I know for 35 years. No, not drinking or drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the business of recovery should get, become uh, the primary thing. Now, sometimes we run into old obstacles and shit. So we go back out to, to go through something and then get back. And the primary point is recovery. Yeah. So I feel a lot of people who have gone out, they grew from it when they're back in. Yes. And maybe that's obviously that's how it had to happen because that's how it did happen. Other people have been sober since they heard the message. Yeah. Yeah. I just find a lot of us, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to get a sense of po new possibility. You can, you can download, you can something, you can hear about it. And I feel one of the main things about our community is to entertain possibilities. And by hearing other people that are, maybe you, you'll, realize, hey, I could entertain that possibility because really part of what we recover is that beauty of like a kid's wide spectrum of possibility because it was so narrowed down by the self-centeredness. Uh, we got crippled in that thing. So sometimes uh, we still are wedded to those old no possibilities while we're in AA and everything starts becoming possible and it's great when we hear people share because that may be all it takes hey wait a minute you mean i could do that or could yeah yeah so i think it's uh communication provides a, a large uh let's say plate for possibilities yeah the possibility of being a free-range alcoholic the possibility of why the problem does not exist for you anymore is because it does not exist as you. Yeah, which has been the truth, but you weren't uh, privy to it. Now you're on it. And now that experience of it not existing is rooted in the knowledge that you're not it, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That has allowed a lot of possibility. A lot of possibility. I mean, instead of constantly working to become what I am, I realize I am that already. Hallelujah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. We're, uh, we get out of one fucking thing and then we have a huge task to become ourselves or whatever or 
become a better self or go to the radical authentic self. And uh, I mean, it felt like an escalator leading to a treadmill, leading to another escalator. Uh, this has really just put an end to a lot of that. And I'm just enjoying the moment, you know what I mean? That's it. I'm not trying to get any, I'm not wringing it like a towel, trying to get everything out of it, just here. And uh, seems to it seems to uh, beget contentment and satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, which I like. Yep. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Oliver. Thank Tom from Denver. Hey, Paul. Tom uh, here. Howdy. Well, since it's Thanksgiving week, I got to say thank you. You know, it was a a year ago, I got in my truck and drove off that island where I'd been when I met you. And a lot's changed. Uh, back in Denver, back in my home group, doing kirtans again. I mean, things are going really well. But then I find myself hearing talk about uh, this morning about claiming. Uh, I mean, I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless disease and, and, and uh, do claim progress. But that which is claiming it too often seems to be the mental condition claiming, and this is what I'm bumping into now meetings I go to and whatnot, and I give Dharma talks to Kirtans too, and, it's, and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to become the claimer of uh, progress, I, because I, I, I know the opposite, which is not being in that state of being a claimer of spiritual progress, and so uh, it's just like how to. A ton of keys. Let me just say something: the claiming <laughs> of be, being the doer of the kirtan and the dharma talks is mechanical. You didn't, you weren't there before it and then started to do it. It's mechanical. So there's going to be a claiming if you're leading a dharma talk or a kirtan. It's just the head is going to claim that because that's how it, it triangulates its idea of being a noun. Yeah. So it can, it arrives at the noun by claiming verbing. So. Yeah. And it's not you doing it. So you don't have to stop doing Dharma talks or Kirtan because there's nothing to do with what you're doing. It has a lot to do with the idea of the doer. Yeah. So yeah, just to put it out there, because I know exactly that situation where you still feel like you're doing something and you're not. Yeah, you're not. It's mechanical. And yet we've lived as if we were the cause of it. And that's what actually has promoted a, uh, a blindness to it because who wants to know everything that sucks about ourselves? You know what I mean? Who yeah. wants to start a fuck? I'm not calling, oh, everyone call me and tell me about my worst fucking qualities. No, it's just rather fucking do something else, you know? So, but when you see it's not you, you can sort of, fearless and thorough you can look at it and realize it happens all the time if it was me i would have let a few things go you know because i'm usually like losing keys and shit but this thing seems to be on the money it it claims whatever's happening like all the time so to me it's like a clock that's i would say a swiss clock but after i had my event with swiss air i don't believe they're punctual of fucking any 
fucking any good. So a clock, yeah, it's like that, mechanical. Yeah. 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 So go to Kirtan, sing your freaking lungs out, have the bliss of of the beloved, whatever, and and that and notice that which is claiming it and just have a simple sense that it's not you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's how this is what the how the message is. The application of the message is when you need it. So if you recognize something is saying it's you and you're gonna go, the only thing you can do is I gotta stop singing kirtan or whatever. This this is what it does. It's it promotes a martyrdom or a sacrifice constantly. Yeah, no, it's not you. There's it's a claiming that happens. It's not you. And it doesn't it doesn't tint or poison the joy of the bliss and anything like that. No. It's in a way it's robbed us all the fuck all these years. Yeah. We finally are starting to feel the living of life and the joy and it robs us there. Yeah, because it's just, oh, you're proud of it. You're this, that, and the fuck, and then you got to give up what you love to do. Oh, I think I've surfed too much because uh, give me a freaking break. It's, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm never going to sing Kirtan. You know, it's, it's spiritual music or whatever. You know, what the fuck? This is like weird mutated idea of sacrifice and martyrdom and stuff yeah yeah it's just freaking... <laughs> joy. Just, i mean all we're looking for is to have some joy and then you want to curtail the enjoyment of it by I, i'm too proud about this or whatever it, that's the head talking it's you really don't say much you don't <laughs> let's just put it that way what you are is not fucking yapping all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the parasite. Say... Huh? I was saying, as you were talking about the parasite, and I was going like, well, what's, it seems like something's going to be running the show regardless. So like if it's not the parasite, it's the higher power. I'm not sure where there's a third one. The tri third part of the triangle is anymore. You know, well, the thing is, I believe the higher power is us actually in disguise. Okay. I don't, I also see that the parasite is us in disguise and it's not. See, this is the difference. I think the parasite is in a disguise as us and it's not. And I believe the higher power is in a disguise and it is us. Truly. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't not believe there is some higher power I believe we are the inner resource that we're not suspecting that, that's what that's my opinion of it I believe we are the unsuspected inner resource yeah so I, I understand that I, and I can grab what you're saying but I can't talk about it it's not one or the other you see in the parasite, your relationship with the parasite is of two. There's parasite in you. The relationship of a higher power is of one. It's the same saying. Yeah? This is, this is the, the, yeah, the flavor of non-duality in recovery. The duality of parasite host 
and then the non-duality of higher power in us, because I believe the higher power is us. <laughs> you see that? Yes. So it's yeah, I do see that. So there's not, not a there's not a, a foreign higher power and a foreign parasite. There's a foreign parasite and a higher power, which is us. Yeah. I'm finding that I can That's be that, but I can't talk about it, Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't. Yeah, you don't. But, yeah. Or maybe never. I don't know. If you have, this is just like we use these, all these effects, and there's got to be some suspicion. That, like if everyone you meet as who's an addict seems to have your thoughts, obviously, they're probably not your thoughts. The same thing with the higher power. If you are brought to an understanding of it, that it's always available at all times, right? We, we're, where you are with no requirement necessary, hey, it's probably you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's right where I am at all times with no requirement necessary. <laughs> what? Yeah. You can't say that about the parasite. <laughs> so, ooh, it could be us. the higher power is truly us. What? Yeah, I would say so. It's not another thing. I know that. It's definitely not. It's not a foreign thing that comes into us. I don't believe that. Yeah. I think it may come into us as a foreign thing, but it's not a foreign thing that comes into us. I believe we are of the the nature of higher power. Yeah. Yeah, that's my take on it. Makes a lot of sense, Paul. Thanks. So, yeah, so non-duality, not two, one. All right, go there. See, the head would like to make it you and a higher power because then something could get in between that, yeah? Which the parasite loves. It always loves to have a little bit of an exemption clause there. It's all right, a higher power in you, so there must be something in there, yeah? But if the higher power is you and the higher power is the solution to your problem, bingo, instead of you being the problem, now you are truly seen as the solution. Not bad. Not bad in the program of after your recovered, the recovery of the singularity of your life instead of the duality of the interpret. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. I'm not looking. I, I don't look at the stars for the higher power. I get quiet because I know it's here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking to see it. <laughs> I'm not sending it letters and shit. I feel it's, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, you know, can you, operator, operator, get me through to the higher power? No, I don't see that. At the meetings, there's a line that says, and we're sure that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We're sure about that, that that's what God would have us be yeah and then i go to meetings and i watch all these long faces and they're going through the work for the 45th time and they're going to get it right you know it's just like i don't even know where i stand in aa at the moment because it's really weird i gotta tell you 
Yes, yes. Well, just, but you have to realize um, uh, the home team may need you sitting on the bench, bro. Yeah, you don't go out. You don't have to go out and play. And you just sit on the bench. It's important. Yes, because it's it's like when people call me and they say I don't want to go to meetings because I'm not getting anything. Well, then bring something to it. You know, go there. Have a different attitude about it. Yeah, I always go my leave with the same feeling I have. I felt ever all these years. Yeah. If there's some individual got, got my attention, it's probably dissipated in 15, 20 minutes. But the sense of that presence of that loving thing just goes with me. And every time I feel it, I felt it all the over these 35 years. Yeah. That's what I leave the meaning with, is that sense of presence. I forget about whoever or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's going to shake up a lot of things. But remember, just like everything else, AA is incredibly, it's a great thing, but there's people in it, you know? And I include myself in that. Where There's people in it. People are, you know, just, you know what people are like. <laughs> if, you, if you dropped an alcoholic into heaven, it would be hell in a day. Once it started thinking about it, you'd find some fucking fault in it. <laughs> just the way it goes just people uh, we're being driven by some base shit yeah we sow division under the name of unity and shit like that it's just crazy crazy it's just uh you know there's that statement in some buddhism i think do no harm i say just shoot for do less harm <laughs> just, just do less harm you know what I mean? I'm in the act of doing less harm. Great. I'm all for you. <laughs> it was too much to do no harm. I'm going with do less harm. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love you. Thanks. Thank you. And, you know, look at the value. Like we were at this meeting the other night in New Jersey, and I, I like to open some of our talks with, you know, the city of Dover should send a big thank you to AA because 90 of us on a Friday night out there wreaking havoc <laughs> and we're all in an AA meeting. And that's amazing. Yeah. The police couldn't get us off the street, but the meeting has. So there's a lot of shit. It's out. Some of its greatest value is the absence, you know? So some people, there's so much when you, in the world of contrast, the contrast of not being in the habit of getting loaded and all that drama has been great so 40 years and maybe they're still anxious and fearful but at least they 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 were brought to a point where they haven't run into all that other fucking shit that was always going on jails and shit like that yeah i mean what a great relief if it even if it isn't the relief as you conceptually picture it it's been fucking great yeah wow 
And AA only promised us to restore us to sanity concerning the first drink. They didn't say, oh, your life's going to be great and you're going to be enlightened and shit like that. They just said, we're going to restore you to the ins- to the sanity that, uh, you know, replace the insanity that precedes the first drink. They've been incredibly successful. That person who's bitching about it, it's been 40 years bitching about it sober. Fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm st- I am so stoked I'm not drinking. It's awesome. And then we have the liberty to riff on other stuff, but man, can you imagine if you were wrestling with all those situations now? I mean, hitting 70, it's, it's not a good look. Yeah. You know, going around the senior citizen, knocking on the door and saying, do you have any Coke? <laughs> <laughs> at the center, you know what I mean? Selling little nickel bags, whatever, fucking stealing other people's oxycontins and shit. It's just crazy. You get kicked out, kicked out of your last senior citizen for bad behavior. It's amazing, man. Yeah, I'm so stoked that I was. I had the priv- privilege to be with a lot of addicts and alcoholics this week. It was awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, I got to get going soon, but anyone else? Thank you, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Thank you a lot. Anyone else, uh, Michael? Uh, Who's up? Gary here, here, Paul. I'll soon soon forget. Michael Um, Stacy, where is he? I know. Where is he when we need him most? Michael, come in. Um, Just quickly, uh, are you frozen? Oh, there you go. I thought you were frozen. You know that saying, uh, it hit me a long time ago, and I thought about it again when you were talking that uh, Ramana said, uh, you know, to know God. Well, Ramana Maharshi, explain a little for people who didn't know. You can explain it. I'm going to say it, okay, Paul? To know God is to be God. And there's no hands up, and you're frozen. What? I would say I would go on to know God is to be God, and being God knows God. There you go. All right. Yeah, no to know God to be God just compressed space and time, didn't it? You're there. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, this is the person you've been looking for your whole life, and then you meet him. It stuns you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because of course you're adorned with tons of ideas about yourself can you imagine if you step you you saw your stuff unadorned with all those ideas and recognized yeah yeah all right well is are you going to be there Kerry? today i gotta play pickleball at 4 30 that no, would be great. Pickleball. Pickleball. Uh, if Mike will come, I can yeah. set up. There. Hmm? Either Mike, if Ma- Michael will be there, or I'll be there. All right, honey. Great. So yeah, don't worry. Yeah, everybody, we have a meeting at four thirty. Uh, the non-duality meeting for Tuesday Pacific time, and just want to make sure. I'm. I'm sure uh, I'll be there. All. I'm sure so, I'll be there. Don't worry. Yeah. Great. Great. All right. Well, let me say goodbye. We got Dana. 
Dana was a little concerned she was going to be the running the show, but she got relieved. All we wanted to see was the willingness, Dana, and you were willing to do it. That's all that matters. John, Florida. Nice to see you, John. Oliver, I hope the question and the talking around it got to you, the feeling you were having around it. Let me let the cat in. Come on. That's twice the cat walked away when I opened the door. I'm under psychological warfare here, really. And I'm losing in this battle. All right. Uh, we got Oliver. We got Kathleen. Very nice. And everyone could wish a post. Uh, Kathleen's birthday was yesterday. Yes, honey? Yes, Kathleen G. So happy birthday. I would hate to ruin it by trying to sing it, honey. You don't want to hear it from me, but happy birthday. We got Martin. There we go. Andrew. Andrew's on it. Mia, she's in America now. Joseph C. Nice to see you, my friend. Annette. We got Axel. Thanks for coming, brother. Kerry, as always, thank you for the support and the service. Walter, the brother from another mother. Nina, the sister that I so surely wanted. No. Cassandra. I know. Don't worry. I know. Cassandra, it was a pleasure meeting you. And I hope your, your drive is quickly to come to an end. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It was great to meet you and to meet Kathleen and David. And uh, it's it was a real highlight for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Kathy, as always. Terry, nice to see you again. I hope all is well. iPhone, whoever that is. We got Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira. Irene, I think she's in Germany. Rico Cruz. Tom, nice to see you, Tom. Sean, nice to see you as always. Christina and Kona, that's fantastic. Uh, let's see, Jacob. Oh, Jacob, I miss Jacob, but he didn't miss us. He was, he saw no, us. I miss you, Paul. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds awesome, man. 90 people, huh, at the Dover? Oh, yeah, well, the one night was... We're gonna they're gonna be let released. We took videos. Okay. Well grainy, but the Sunday night at Dover and the Sunday day, I would recommend. The Sunday night is we have it turned into a comedy club. So it's all right. Like, but still, yeah, I would have loved to have been there. And uh next time you come out. Yeah, yeah. I hope to catch one of the bigger ones. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, Verena. Always a pleasure, Verena. Yes. Germany. Yes. <laughs> Amy from Seattle. I know that. Nice to see you, Amy. Yep. Yeah. Rob, Kentucky. Paula. Fletch. Roman, my main man. Nice to see you, Roman, as always. Hey, I hope to see some of you later. Annette. I think I got everyone. I hope to see some of you later and we're going to be we're back on schedule, the usual schedule. So we'll be here uh, today and then tomorrow night and Thursday and stuff like that. We'll even be a Thursday in the day for Thanksgiving. 
Yes. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. So if you have no, you thanks, know, Paul. we'll be 